Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future. This episode of the podcast is supported by Doing the Damage, the only DJ pool focused exclusively on house and dance music, supplying the best remixes, bootlegs, mashups and exclusive promos from their global network of DJs, producers and labels. Check it out now at doingthedamage.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast, including chats with James Hype, Ben Hemsley, Ridney, Vanilla Ace, Tim from the Utah Saints, and many, many more. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and on Mixcloud. Simply search Felix Leiter in the house. In this episode, I talk to Sam Dungate about his journey from Essex to Ibiza via Tenerife and Ayanapa along the way. It's a wicked story told by an all-round legend. Sam earned his DJ spurs early on in life and brushed shoulders with some old school legends along the way, even getting DJ lessons from a hero of mine. Sam was a key part of the opening team at Lineker's Ibiza and he shares some of the pointers he received from a legendary Ibiza DJ. Sam really has lived the life of a super successful summer season DJ. I, for one, am super jealous of the life he's led. So, let's get into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Sam Dungate, how are you, mate? Welcome to the show. Yeah, how are you, Felix? Good to be on the show. Well, I'm good, mate, and we'll just let's touch on it. Uh, how Samuel and I beef it. The news just landed last night. It's not great news, it has to be said. How's how's the vibe in Ibiza at the minute? Um, it's certainly different this year. Um, so basically, it's a lot, lot more chilled. Uh, when I'm playing in O Beach, it's kind of you want to give people a good time, but obviously the rules. Uh, then no one's allowed to dance. Everyone has to be seated. Um, so, I mean, some sets earlier on when you're warming up, it's not a problem at all because you're kind of not looking for a reaction. But then later on, you kind of play in to see, they, you've seen them to enjoy themselves, but then now that you're looking for to see a non-reaction, if that makes sense. Obviously, as the day progresses and people are getting more and more drunk, then they're going to want to dance more and they're going to want to sing more. Um when I play history, that's kind of a hard set. So I'll start at seven, I'll play through till 10. Um, but by that time of day, everyone's ready to party. So, and history is very anthemic. It's it, whether you go down the garage avenue, your house avenue, the R&B avenue, it's kind of like everything they want to hear, they want to sing along to. Um, so you kind of, having to judge, just keep scanning around um, and basically, if it looks like it's going to start going off, you have to kind of rein it in. Um, it's it's like as as a DJ, everything you know to do to try and rock a dance floor, you're now having to wind it in and go the other way. And it's, I think it's just a lot a lot of it's self control in regards to DJing. Um, but people are out here. People are out here, and they do want to have fun. Definitely um, walking down the street, the people got the masks on. Some people have got the masks just under their chin. Um, I don't think the Brits so much are scared about it. I, I think I think the locals out here um, are more scared. Of, like you, they'll give you a funny look if you're not wearing your mask, and obviously they've got to be they've got to be careful because they they don't want the spikes um, to increase out here. Because obviously they've got limited hospital beds, and I think I think the youth, uh, British youth, are a little bit more relaxed on it. And coming from the UK, it, it's because it's a bit more relaxed. But where they've been so strict on lockdown over here, 
And in the Canaries, I think it's a case of, well, we've done all this and now we don't want you to come over here and nose it all up for us. Yeah. So we can't yeah. it, you know? Like you said, I mean, I can't even imagine that. Like, it's just our total natural instinct as, as, as DJs, like, to get a good time going to get people dancing to get people singing like and we we live like you know DJs like us live on that like ability <laughs> so it must be so yeah. difficult yeah I mean I mean so for, for me personally um when I play I always look to try and create the best atmosphere I can so all the hands in the air and if I'm warming up obviously take it from zero to, to get it where the next DJ um needs to take it on from but at the same time it's you kind of you're not building it up I, I, on the pool party um i mean i said to grant who i play on the pool party with i said like, I, I still don't i don't want to be as obvious when i'm playing um so i mean this year with we can on a pool party i think we we play a lot of the anthems we play a lot of old school stuff remixed and refreshed um we play a lot of new stuff um between eight and nine our last hour when we play back to back we'll we'll toughen things up we'll go a bit more underground we'll go like play a bit more tech house and but this year obviously we've had to spin round on our heels and kind of rein all that in so a lot of the music we've been collecting over the winter is completely irrelevant now it's completely <laughs> oh, I, was, I really wanted to play that and it's like oh for god's sake and um i mean i'm going for a lot of producers coming through now so again the tracks released and obviously they're not yeah. going to see the i've played on videos and um like me, my little cousin, uh, Codework, he's 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 starting to come along now, but it's like his stuff is not really going to be getting seen playing in in a lot of the clubs, like as it would be, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I might be getting things, and it's still not the same. But I'm, I'm I'm definitely going for my little cousin. Um, yeah, there was some other coming DJs. Like I mean, I've had a couple of them on the podcast, and a couple of them play for me just before lockdown like shout out to Sawley and Ben Hemsley people like that who's like you know Sawley had just given up his his job just before Christmas he'd had like you know that big track on Defected and other things signed yeah. you know working like you know doing the Danny uh was out on uh, Nothing Else Matters Danny Howard then like he had just a summer full of gigs lined up like I mean like all of us do you know what I mean it's no different for anyone yeah. else who's, who's you know whether you're a wedding DJ whether you're a resident DJ whether you're you know out in the islands like yourself it's just been a it's yeah. been a decimating summer for for so many people. Yeah, def definitely. I mean, I've, I've, like, like you say about the weddings, um, I've got friends back in the UK. He, he's given up. You probably know him actually, little David Dunn from Middles yeah, Middlesbrough yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, little Dave. So he 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 gave up a real good job to just solely concentrate on his beat boutique, um, doing all weddings, and that's that's completely like thrown a spanner in the works for him. He's had to reschedule everything there. Um, I do a lot of weddings out here. Um, I say a lot of weddings. I do a fair few. Um, I've had to roll those over to next year now. Um, so I'm not planning any weddings this this summer. Um, so that that's, yeah, I mean, everyone, isn't it? It's like festival DJ. I've got friends who do a lot of, um, do a lot of festivals. Obviously, they've been cancelled. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for all my friends. I'm, I'm glad that I've managed to get out here and, and do get get my fingers back in the pie and do little bits and pieces. Although obviously it is still, still a lot different from what I'm used to, but I'm grateful for what, what I've managed to do, you know? Cool. Well, let's take it back then to, um, let's get back onto the sort of narrative of the podcast. Let's take it all the way back, way before DJing, way before going out, way before, you know, your first music. What's like the first influences you can remember 
music wise like where were you hearing your first music was it your parents have you got older brothers and sisters what was that music that you were hearing for the very 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 first times no what i remember um obviously my dad he he was he was into bands and things like that he played in bands in the 60s so kind of without 60s influence um like motown he used to love motown but a lot of rock and roll from my dad um chuck berry jerry lee lewis that type of stuff um then I remember growing up through with me. I had three sisters, so um, they're tracks, older so sisters. Adam, are they older sisters? They're older sisters, yeah. So my oldest one, she's ten years older than me. So right. I remember being in her room hearing Paul Young and Wham and all that type of thing going on. And my younger sister, she's five years older than me. So when she started going out, it was going into her rooms, and there was like mixtapes on. Is like Alison and Rick, where love lives. In fact, I've still got a copy on vinyl in, in my collection. <laughs> Um, well, I actually, I nicked it out of my bedroom. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I've, I've kind of got a real mix of music growing up. Um, and then as I went to school, like the first year high school, year at high school, there's a big club in Clacton called Oscars. Um, so then I started getting listening to hardcore um, before, before it went into Jungle. and like, that like, rap, was that like Rat Pack and Coxie and people like that, Slip Martin? Yeah. In Clacton, on the, on the pier, we used to have Cole Cox used to play in Clacton, and I mean, look, looking back now, I used to collect the flyers. I mean, I was, I was only like thirteen, I suppose. I had my walls full of flyers, and I was too young to go to the raves. And but I used to go down um, on the on the roller rink in Clacton. They used to open that up as the hardcore room, and so all my, my older my older mates they used to go to it, and then the week after, get the mixtapes from the previous week. They used to copy the mixtapes, and so I was from a young age. I've 13 I think I started then being on the roller rink um well on my skates actually looking into the DJ box and then yeah. the DJ yeah, want to come in and have a little go and and then that was it but yeah predominantly hardcore was from where from a real young age like the second year at high school first second year at high school I started really getting an ear for like that that that, that scene so can you remember who that DJ? Can you remember who that DJ was at that 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 first DJ that you were watching at the uh, like the roller thing? Can you remember who that was? His name was Andy, and do you know what he was? He, he was a he's a lovely fella. He was a, he was a special policeman actually. Um, but he was DJ, and I think he used to do another roller rink. And but he was he was he was a nice fella. He used to come down to the roller rink. I just used to go around, and I was literally just looking in the window, like fascinated what he was doing, and then. I say eventually one day he turned around, he went, Come here, mate. He said, Come round. So I went in there, I'm like trying to hold myself up on my skates and I'm <laughs> you know, trying to hold down all nervous and that. And then um basically he said, Yeah, a couple of decks there. He said, Yeah, I'll just get on that, cue the crew, cue the record up, bring it back a slight bit. And he said, There you go. And then I was like, Wow, I, I want to. So was he on, was he on, turn, was he on turntables? Was he on turntables? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going back to what, 90, 90s. I tell you what, it was about ninety. It was younger than I was ninety-one because my first my first bit of vinyl I got was off my sister. What was Rave ninety-two? So that came out at the end of ninety-one. So I was the first year at high school. It was the first year at high school, and then going down there playing on the roller ring. That's it. I wanted a set of decks then. So my dad got me for that Christmas. He got me like an old disco console, you know, with the springy decks on it and like uh, the lights what hold up like the springs on them. And then 
basically, I, I remember Christmas morning, I, I unwrapped my sis, uh, my oldest sister's Christmas present to me. It's a double LP, the Rave 92 album. I've, I've still got it. I've still got it. Um, on it, I had like on a ragged tip, uh, your name's not down, uh, fire, prodigy, um, a trip to Trumpton. What else has it gone there? It's, it's got loads of bits, um, rat packs on there. But yeah, so is that that year? But I, what I've done is I opened her present before I opened my mum and dad's present. So as I've opened it, I'm like this double LP, this album. I'm like, well, I've got this. I haven't got no decks. And then I was like, ah, here we go. So then my dad turned around. He went, come, come with me out to the van. So he took me out to the van, opened the sliding door up in the van. And there it was, this disco concert. I was like, yes, Gene. Um, and there, there is a photo of me playing on it. I've got like an old telephone, a proper old-fashioned telephone. There's me headphones in it. And there's a photo of me. And I remember it's like a Joe Bloggs top. Remember when Joe Bloggs was all the fashion? My other sister bought me one of them. So I'm buzzing Christmas morning. I've got my Joe Bloggs top on me, my phone on me here. I've, I was like, literally, li- literally sounds like the best day ever. <laughs> it sounds oh, like the was, best I, Christmas I, I, ever. I'm goosebumps now thinking about it. <laughs> so, so, so literally, you, what, how old are you there? Like 13, 14 or something when you got that first disco yeah, console? I yeah, so I would have been... So 90... Yeah, so I would have been... No, I was 12. Yeah, so 12. Wow. So then... Okay. Yes, yeah, so I, I was I was 12 then, so summer 90... One going into '92, yeah, I was I was 12, and then like I say, all through that that that, then going into '93, um, I was starting to like go into playing for my mates' parties. Uh, so my dad turned around and he said, "Look, if this was what you want to do," he said, "I've got a mate who used to be in Round Table. He said he does all these like discos. He said, "Why well, don't you go with him?" He said, "You'll carry all the records and that." And, so there I was, like, traipsing around with all the leads, and I don't even think I could lift the speakers then, but I ain't going to lie to you. Um, but all the little boxes of sevens, and then started setting up with him and then done, like, my mate's parties with him. Um, and then moving into about 94, I started going out with another fella, Rogers Roadshow, he was called. So started going out with him, and then he, he was just teaching me the fundamentals, still what I stick to today, about interacting with the crowd, um, not to be all over some bird in the DJ box, um, and just just to get the crowd like going, so basically building a building the crowd. Uh, and that, that was going back to wedding days and birthdays, and I mean the fundamentals are still I still stick to them from what I learned way back then, you know. Um, but yeah, so then from there I, I started. My dad turned around. He said, "Well, listen," he said, "You're going out for these other DJs," and then I was working on a campsite for this other DJ. He said, "Look," he said, "Well." get you one of them old disco trailers and we'll strip it down. We'll do like a bit of a father and son restoration on the trailers. Yes. We've done that. And then we've got some speakers. And then, and before I know it, I, he was dropping me off to these gigs. I was only so 14, 15, 15 when I was going out, he would drop me off in the van with my little disco trailer at the start of the night. I'd, I'd set it all up. And then it, right, our dad phoned my dad up, but right, I'm ready. It's all packed away. Come down with his van, pick it up. And then I'd, away I'd go. And so I'd done that for a, a few years doing all them type of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy looking back now. And now, now I'm back doing weddings again as well. So oh, no, the, amount, the amount of people it's like over the, the years doing this podcast, the amount of people has come up, like, you know, I mean, PBH, loads of people has come up and so many people learnt their trade, as it were, when they were a mm. kid doing discos, doing parties, doing birthdays, and sometimes working with these older people. Because, you know, these guys teach us a lot of stuff about, like you say, realistically, the fundamentals of 
getting reading the crowd, having a good time, reacting to people, knowing to play the right record, learning to play the right records at the right yeah. times, like tension and release, saving that big record, playing a bit of a slower one, hitting them with a big yeah. one. It's exactly that, exactly that. So, and it, so, it's, yeah, I mean, when when I was, so from there, I ended up playing in like a, um, it was like a pub with two function rooms in the back. So I ended up playing in there for a few, two, three years, um, playing Fridays, Saturday nights, doing the 40th, birthday, 30th, 21st, weddings. Are you still um, like under 18 at this point? Are you still like, are you like 15, 16, no, 17 no, at this point? I, I, I mean, I, I started um, up the tavern when I was about 16, 17. Because I, I used to go up there and I, I, I literally used to, Finish at twelve o'clock. Just jump straight on my Vespa, fly into town, and I'll do the security on the door. I was still young then. Now you go on, Sam, in you go. They weren't supposed to let anyone in after twelve o'clock. I used to get down there in about ten minutes. Headphones off, boom, straight straight in there, and managed to get myself up a club. So, yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm like seventeen, I suppose eight, eighteen, and then I, I went. Um, so from there, come out to Ibiza in '99. So I would have been nineteen. And then, um, and were you at this point? Were you like thinking back? Were you like because it's it's sometimes it sometimes seems weird for us like now at this age to to think any different. But like at this point, can you remember? Were you thinking like I'm going to be a DJ? This is how I'm going to earn my money. Or were you doing something? Were you working? You know, through the day like a day job, and this yeah. was extra money on a night time. Or were you like, no, this is it. I'm going to be a DJ. Or was it just a a great hobby that earned extra beer money? Right. So. I mean, I kind of set that up. So when, when I was young, I mean, I'm talking now, like when I'm 15, I've got, I've got my own little business cards. I used to call it Play It Again Sam, right? So mobile discos, 70s, 80s, 90s and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm 15 years old right now doing, doing these bits and pieces. So I was, I've, I kind of, that was how I was earning money um, from 15 years old. I was still doing other bits. I was working on the markets, working in my mum and dad's calf. I'd, I'd go down on a Saturday, I would, I would set a market stall up, my mate's market stall, go and work in a seaside cafe um, all day till about seven o'clock. Used to race home, have half hour's kip, manage to get my shower straight up to this uh, function club and play up there till 12. Um, so I was always, like, from a young age, wanting to work. But as far as the DJ is concerned, yeah, so I, was, I've, I haven't really had a break from it. I've never had a break from DJing. So from there, um, as as then I started getting a little bit older, going to the clubs, I was like, right, okay, this is now maybe this is where I want to go rather than the cheesy wedding DJ, and I wanted to be a bit cooler. And what were some of those um, first clubs that you went to, mate? What were some of those first clubs that you can remember going my to? My first I went to was in Clacton. It was my my sixteenth birthday. It was my sixteenth birthday, but I'd already been up to um, the Sanctuary Milton Keynes because they used to do like an over. <clears throat> an over 14s rave called um how was it uh evolution it was called evolution i'm sure it's evolution but that was back in i'll like, say 90 95 <laughs> i was going up there and but that was uh, already <laughs> been like these 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 this rave scene but when i was 16 I said to me dad please all my mates are going up the club and my dad was really strict with me and back then I was I was doing a pot karate and um, my karate instructor said, look, he said, I'll take you up there. If your dad's cool, he knows that you'll be looked after if you go up there. Dad, my karate instructor's going, please, please. He went, yeah, go on then, go out on his 16th birthday. So that was my first time. And then 
what happened on my 16th birthday, I got in the club and then the week after I thought, oh, right, can, I, can I go again, please, please? So he'd already said yes to be birthday, so I'd already like, it's broken the seal. So the week after I went up there and I didn't get in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was a gainer, I was wounded, got turned away by the doorman. <clears throat> but um, so yeah, with the, with the DJ, it's a little bit late. So then I started going to the club in um, and then thought, right, this is what I want to do. So I wanted to be a club DJ. Um, how do you make that? How do you make that crossing from then? Obviously, you've probably put in some serious hours by this point, doing the kind of the discos, no, the parties, the no, functions. That didn't come till way later. It, it right. didn't come till later, Felix. So um, I don't know mobile disco in. So then I wanted to learn how to mix a bit. So I've uh, got Paul Hobbs down in Clacton, DJ Force, DJ Force and the Evolution. Then it went on to Force and Styles. Wow. So I said to um, Hobbsy Paul. Um, Look, I really want to do it. And he, he was setting up UK UK Dancing. It's their record label. He's like, Sam, do you want to come in the studio with us? Um, like, you'll put the ideas down, me and Darren, uh, Stilesy. He said, like, it, we'll engineer it. You just put your, your ideas down. Now, this is going back when uh, Toy Town was, like, big time. It's, it's that, it was that summer. So I'm thinking summer 95. So I've gone in there and I'm blown away by all this studio equipment and I'm like, wow, this this is this looks amazing. Little this, and I was I was just really, really interested in it when I was a kid. And then I was like, look, I want to learn how to mix. So Darren said, look, he said I ain't got a set of decks here. He said we'll go over to Darren's mum's. So we went over to Darren's mum's in Darren's bedroom. They're just teaching us how to get the, get you get your beat in, and um, that was it. Is um, so Darren Styles. So to recap, Darren Styles yeah. taught you how to DJ. Yeah, that was the first real mix. And it is, yeah. So, and you know what? I can remember. It was it was two copies. He said, "Listen." He said, "Yeah, but two two vinyls are the same." And it was um, dun, 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 Van Halen jump. It was a remix of that, and I think it was on Night Force Records. And he was just basically right. Here we go. Just there you go. Cue it up. Right, get it in beat, and away you go. He said, "Just," and then you like counting your bars, and then I kind of stepped away from it. I ended up going away from the disco console. And then I ended up getting a pair of SoundLab DLP 1600s. I don't know if you remember them. They had like a pitch shift for the 33 and a pitch shift for your 45 belt driven things. Probably crap they were. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I started having a mix around on them. But I was, I was still a bit shabby then. And then the club stuff still didn't come till a lot later. Um, then that's, mad was, about, like, that's mad about Darren Styles though, mate. Like, um, I mean, a couple of links here. Like, he's, I, Paradise and Dreams is one of my favourite records yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, I was buzzing to play it play it at a club recently. But, like, the other thing that people don't know is Darren Styles wrote Pretty Green Eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like, Ultra Beat, a yeah. fucking famous for it, who obviously now yeah. camel fat, well, you know what I mean, yeah. one way or another. But, like, yeah, and, I mean, I did a gig with, um, I think it was probably 18 months ago or so now, and it was, like, one of our electric gigs, and we had Ben Nicky, who was headlining it, but right at yeah. the last minute, we put Darren Styles in, and I was like, yeah. I wasn't fucking bothered about Ben Nicky. I was like, Darren Styles, yeah. you absolute legend. That's it was, amazing. Um, He's a Colchester boy, isn't he? I think is he from Colchester, Darren? Is he a Colchester boy? I'm from Clacton, Clacton on Sea. So here's another little thing for you. So when I'm in music class in the first year at high school, uh, in the music class there was a like a broom cupboard. Um, where they got a bit of a store covered. So Darren was part of the evolution, okay? And then obviously they teamed up with Paul. So they're in the sixth form. 
Uh, I'm in the first year. They're in the sixth form. So in in the storeroom, I can hear them making this this track. <laughs> do a wizard fall down on me. Do 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 do. And then basically that was their first release. I think it is on Night Force Records, and it's called Fall Down on Me. Um, and it was DJ Force and the Evolution. Uh, Darren and uh, I think Paul started teaching Darren out to mix, and then. Uh, Paul says to me, he said he, he was just natural. He just took to it. He said, and then obviously um, they they grew as force of styles, and then set up the record label. And um, yeah, I mean, I was I was chatting to Paul in lockdown actually. I still still speak to Paul, and then uh, the last time I spoke to Darren was about three years ago. I bumped into him maybe four years ago. I bumped into him in Tesco's uh, doing a late night shop. He, he was doing a lot over in um, over in America. He said yeah, he's, do, he's doing well out the um, the American mate, I thought, market. Mate, I thought you were going to be like, yeah, I bumped into him in Amnesia. Do you know what I mean? We were fucking having it, and you were like, no, late night Tesco uh, show. Kyle thirteen getting me frozen pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you're doing, yeah. So you obviously you're getting taught from Darren. Then what's what are the progressions from then? Is this before you got to Ibiza for the first time, or like what, when, where does that sort of fit? In? Yeah. So then, so I'm doing this, doing this little club, then this little function club. Then my mate say to me, look, Sam, you've just met up with a girlfriend. Come to my beef with us. I'm like, I've never been on a lad's holiday. I'm 19 years old. I'm like, I, I don't know what to, I, 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 I don't know. I'm getting all nervous about it, anxious about going on this holiday. So then, please, Sam, come on. We, we, we'll, you'll be nuts on it. You're going to love it. So at the time then it was, um, it was like the year of the trance, wasn't it? So we were kind of listening to trance then. Um, so I was like, right, okay, coming in. It was like ACB, Telecom, um, uh, Binary Finery. Better off uh, alone. Yeah, better off alone. That, that was that was massive that summer, wasn't it? Is it? Is all that all that type of um, amnesia, yeah, cream, cream trance? Yeah, up. like yeah, yeah. All that all that all that big big trance stuff was in. So um, with with that with um, so I've come away to my B farm. Um, and then basically, I'm, I'm a roofer back home. I trade it. I'm a lead roofer. That's what I do like when I'm back in the winters. Um, and then basically, I got back. I had the time in my life out here, Felix. I, I absolutely loved it. I went mental for a week, and I absolutely loved it. I got back, and um, I was I was doing this job over in Ipswich Way. Um, and it, it was about half nine. It started to rain, so I went down to Sammy Van. It was a Monday or the Tuesday, and um, I put Radio 1 on and they were over here um so we're talking it must have been looking back the radio one weekend it was like a week later it's a few days after anyway so i could hear zoe ball i think was on the radio and she's saying about ib fur and i was like oh, what am i doing here what am i doing on the roof it's raining outside i'm on the roof i could be out there like a dj i can learn i can i can be pr in i could sell tickets so i'm like what am i doing on the roof so i literally Phone my mate up, one of my best mates. I said, Danny, I said, next year we're working in IB for and literally went, all right then, sweet. <laughs> so I was like, right, okay. So then we, we kept that like dream going all over the winter. Then the year after, um, going into 2000, so we had to decide where we wanted to go. So I was desperate to get back to IB for. Um, my mate Danny, he wanted to go to Wayanapa. <laughs> and then my other mate, he didn't have much of a choice over it. Sorry, just grab a bit of water. Um, and then, basically, my mum was in the lounge with us. And she went, boys, she went, why don't you go to Tenerife? She said, go to Tenerife. She said, it goes all year round. You don't have to come home. I was like, definitely. I'm definitely your son, mum. 
<laughs> so with that, off we trot to uh, Tenerife. And then basically got there. Um, and then it was a madness summer. So I, I took a box of 12s over with us, a bit of like the party selection, so to speak, a bit, little bit of trance. And um, I, I took my now albums, on, the double now albums on my CDs and took a bag of CDs with us. A box of 12s I took over with us, but a bit of everything in them. Um, but then I still went like real, real mixing or anything else. It's more of a party DJ. Um, so then went down to somewhere, a girl I know from Claxton. She said, Don't see me, mate, Ross. I was working for him in a bar. So went down to this bar, me and my two mates. And he said, Look, I'll give you a trial. I was like, Well, okay, cool. So I ended up doing a trial. He said, Yep, you've got the job straight away. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, You do the warm up bit. He said, Do the glass collecting. Um, the other half of the night so I was like yeah that's cool my two mates they got their um, PR in jobs outside the bar so and then he was literally um, it was Chris the other DJ on. he, he was proper funny he was he's, um, so literally after about a week uh, they said no go on we'll, we'll get you DJing all night um, but I was doing I was doing a lot of microphone stuff doing all the drinking games having all the banter with people coming indoors um, so I was I was I was at, it, was a, it was a party bar. That's that's purely what it was. So I stayed out there for, um, well, I've done four summers out there. Then I come back with a girlfriend. Uh, that went wonky. I thought I'll stay back in England now. Then my mate phoned me up. He was managing Lineker's uh, in Cyprus. Uh, Marcus Day said, so phone me up. I was in the gym changing rooms with my mates. And I was looking forward to being... Um, Basically, being in England for the summer, doing the barbecues, going around my mate's houses, and because I kind of missed all them lot. And we we're in the changing rooms. My mate Marcus phoned me up and he said, Sam, he said, I'm managing Lineker's out in uh, Iron Upper. Do you, I want you to come DJ for me. I knew Marcus from Tenerife. He was a really good DJ out in Tenerife. I don't know. Marcus, they, he used to do tramps and teas. And yeah. so, so with that, I said, oh, I'm not too sure, Marcus. Uh, I, 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 let me get back to you. So, I got off the phone. And my two mates in the change room, they went, who's that? Marcus went out, I went, yeah. And he said, he's offered me a job in um, Iron Upper. And they like, looked at me in shock as if to say, like, how was I so cool about it? Like, they said, what are you doing? Take the job. I went, well, no, I wanted to stay back with you boys and like, have a bit of fun this summer in England. They went, Sam, shut up. They said, just take the job. We'll come out there and see you. I was like, brilliant idea. So off the trots again, back to my suitcase again. And then 2004, that's it. I'm off out to Cyprus, um, Iron Apum, doing um, the, the, the uh, Linekers out there. Is that like then, seven nights a week? Is that like seven nights a week, like seven till two in the morning? Is it like pure graft, though? Like, for, for anyone who thinks yeah. those gigs are... Yeah, so I, um, I was working seven nights a week out there, um, and I was going out, I was selling beach party tickets, so they jammed on the beach party. Um and then from the beach party, it started started trying to get more into more into the clubby side of stuff. It's like all the funky house was out there, and I was I was really liking all the. It was like Lola's being put them high, there me. All head that candy, yeah. Big, head candy was really yeah, smashing it then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, jealousy, all them, all them big real head candy things. So I was really liking the music then. So I started going into that. Um, there was. I started getting into like um, a little bit more of an urban sound as well because I had friends out there uh, doing a, like, the whole urban scene. You, obviously, the garage, the garage, I was, I was loving anyway from before. That, I went was, that, away ca- to- was that Castle Club? Was that was that a big Iron Upper thing like back then? Yeah. So you, you, I mean, the two main clubs when I got there, 
in 2004, the two main ones were ICE. You had well, you had ICE and Castle. Um, you had the Abyss. The Abyss was still going. You had Bagley's opposite ICE. So that would, would be more the Funky House type uh, place over there. Funky House and Electro, wouldn't it? Electro. Um, and then ICE would be like your Tim Westwoods going in there and EZ, he was playing in there. Groove Radio uh, and all that kind of And stuff. then in Castle Club, obviously, you had, you had a few different rooms. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Napa. I absolutely love Napa. Um, and then basically what happened was towards the... Um, end of 2007, uh, I got wind that they were going to open a Lineker's out in Ibiza. So I straight on the phone to Dwayne Lineker. Uh, Dwayne, I worked in the first with the first summer, so I've done four summers out in Ionapa. This is now 2007, so I've done the four summers out in Ionapa. I got wind that they were going to do, and the first summer in 2004, Dwayne was the assistant manager working under Marcus. So anyway, I got, get wind that. Um, they're going to open up Alinica's in Ibiza. So I've phoned Dwayne straight away, um, said to Dwayne, look, Dwayne, um, I really, look, if, you, if you're doing one in Ibiza, I want first refusal on coming out and working for you. So he basically said, look, he said, um, yeah, he said, okay, he said, job's yours. Straight away, he said, the job's yours. I said, brilliant. I said, well, look, I said, I'm getting on now. So I'm 20... Seven twenty-eight. So I, I kind of, I was, I was kind of getting a little bit old now for Ironapper anyway. Um, but I've always kind of been young at heart. But I, I was, I was kind of fresh, ready for a move on. Um, <clears throat> 2007 weren't as good as 2004, 2005. I realised coming from Tenerife, the first two years may be the best in each resort because you're fresh. Um, you. You, you just—it's just a fresh background, isn't it? You, it's fresh to you. So I'm thinking, right, maybe now it's time to move on. So anyway, Dwayne said, "Yeah." Um, I said, "Well, look," I, was, I said, "Getting a little bit older, I'm moving on. Um, I want a manager bar, maybe." He said, "Well, look," he said, "Sam," he said, "I'm coming over from Marbella." Um, he said, "I'm going to open it up." He said, "Be the assistant manager with me." He said, "And then the warm-up DJ." to start with, he said, it's, we're going to have a club DJ out there. It's not going to be as cheesy as all the other Linekers. You're not going to do all the, the party games or the shows and all that type of thing. He said, we're, we're staying well away from that. Um, he said, but we're, we're going to, the second half of the night, we're going to go for more of a club DJ, more of a house DJ in there. Uh, might need someone just pick on the mic, all right, get yourself on the back chairs, get yourself up, and maybe the odd little shout out here and there, what the club DJ might not be comfortable doing. Um, it might be a, a little bit too... Not, not. They don't just don't want to go with it, you know. Uh, some club DJs are just very mic scared of the mic. So he said, look, he said, you'll do the warm up DJ, get the stag and the hen parties in there, get everyone to have a bit of banter with them, um, warm it up, and then the club DJ take over, and then you'll be the like the manager the second half of the night with me. <clears throat> so we've done that, and then who was that club DJ the... by the way? Who was that? Who was that club DJ that was coming in? Who might be scared of the mic? Can you remember? So, Basic, when you first opened up Linica's Ibiza. Yeah, so basic, basically what it was, was we, we come out here, it, it's, so it's quite mad. So 2007, um, he's given me the job. So I said, where is it? I said, I'm going to go out there and do the closing parties. So I come out, of, come back from two, 2007, come back from Iron Pump. I had my suitcase full of stuff. I had my summer savings. I had my laptop with me. Got to Luton Airport and I was going to go back to Clacton 
sort myself out, have a couple of days at home, and then fly back out for the closing parties. Well, I've got there on my own. Um, my mate, Dr. Psycho, he was doing the twice as nice closing party. Uh, God bless him. He's, nice. He was doing the twice as nice closing party <laughs> on the, the Thursday, I think. So this is Tuesday morning. I'm at Luton Airport, and I'm on my own. I'm like, why am I going back to Clacton? I've got everything I need here. So I went straight to EasyJet. Got any flights to Ibiza? They went, yeah, but it's this afternoon. I'm like, stood there, still foaming me ears from the phone bike the night before. So <clears throat> anyway, comes out here. Um, um, so I thought, right, I couldn't have a bit of a field trip out here to kind of suss the place out, see what the DJs are playing, see what DJs kind of do what I do. Um, the two what I did see who was out here was uh, Danny Barry and Lee John, both very good on the mics. Um, that same type of kind of, although they were a lot clubbier than me, they were still playing a lot more house. And I thought, right, okay, this is, these 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 boys here, they're they're they're, they're, they're the ones I got on monitor, and they're um, so. Um, 2007 come out of here and then funny enough I was, I was walking down the seafront so I phoned my mate up Johnny boy come out I'm out here in Ibiza like, come do the closing parties yeah brilliant I jumped on the plane come see me so then we were walking past um, Bar M one night uh, was it where the Ibiza rocks now and um, funny enough I bumped into two old mates from Tenerife my Tenerife days Jason who ended up PR in Linkers and Grant Collins so I knew Grant from Tenerife so I walked past them. I'm like, hi, hi. I said, right, boys. They went, Sam, what are you doing now? I said, well, we're here for the closing party. So anyway, we ended up, I, I knew Grant from Tenerife. Um, he was a lot younger than me. I mean, he started in Bobby's when he was 16. Um, so he he was a lot younger than me. But So I didn't really hang around with him, but we always just sat over with each other. Jason, who we come out with, me and him worked together in Brannigan's. He was the PR. Um, so we, the four of us, we ended up just hanging around, going to the closing parties and um, going Bora Bora, going El Divino for the head candy closing party. And, um, so we ended up going out together. So in the meantime, I know Lineker's is opening. So I'm walking past Lineker's thinking, right, how are we going to get people to the bar? Because it's quite a way away from the West End. I'm saying to Dwayne, maybe we can get the ferries from the bay to drop off outside Lineker's. I'm trying to brainstorm of things we can do. So then the winter passes. Anyway, they, they had another DJ penciled in from Marbella. Um Anyway, something happened with him. It didn't work out. So then Dwayne, I already had the job in the head. So Dwayne then got hold of Grant and said, Grant, do you want to come over from Tenerife to play in Lineker's? Well, Grant snapped, snapped, beat his hand off to it. So Grant was out there. So me and Grant were kind of already mates. We ended up, Grant's like, look, Sam, we live together. So it was Grant's mate from Tenerife coming over. I was with my ex-girlfriend. So we ended up all living together for the first year, all working together. Um, it, was, it was just just madness. That was in that was in two thousand and eight. Wow! So I bet it, I yes. bet it fucking was madness. Mate. Yeah. And what was that? What was that first? Because you said, I mean, I know where the Nickers is. Like, obviously, you said that it wasn't quite, you know, on that 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 West End strip. How was that first year of it opening? Did it just open with like a fanfare and just absolutely smashed it from the start, or did you have to brainstorm and did yeah. you have to get a bit inventive? No. So we basically. Um, we're, we're out the way, like so. You've got Itzica. You have not, wasn't really doing anything. That's kind of an international crowd. A lot of Italians in there. It wasn't really our crowd. Then you had Barem, what was still serving up Nando's at the time. I don't know if you remember that. Um, so th- there was, unless you're going, it's not a real big pool to get people down there. You had plastic. Um, so when speaking to Dwayne, I'm like, well, where are we going? He said, look, we, we want to kind of stay away from the whole 
West End feel about the bar. We don't want to go down that avenue. Um, it's kind of like plastic. That's how we kind of, like, we want to be a bit, bit older crowd, a bit cooler, um, and we'll go down that avenue. So... We, and the music is, and the music is like just to interject. Like the music is so important in defining that as well. Like, do you know what I mean? People, people maybe like they know where they love, but they maybe don't put their finger right on this. Especially when you're opening somewhere new, or if you're trying to start a new brand, and you know this with Old Beach yeah. and things you've moved through. But the music really defines the crowd who likes coming somewhere. So yeah, so this, so I'm sorry, but story about this. So back then, the the um, the owners got Tony Wheelchair, Tony Truman, Wayne. And Dwayne, and also Brandon Locke, right? So he was one of the owners to start with it as well. So, so how it got so busy? So we're building this bar um, through May. It's still not finished. Um, we're rushing around like blue ass fires. Anyway, Truman's got loads of his people from Trudeau's parties come over on holiday, and literally, Felix, as as the doors were opening to let the guests in off the terrace, the seaside side. I was sweeping up underneath a chipper who had just put a sign up above the door and I'm sweeping up behind them as they were going out the back doors. I'm sweeping up as the guests are coming in behind me. That's how tight it was. So with this, there was a thing called um, IB for 2008. It was on Living TV. I think it was on Living TV, it was called. Um, and basically, they, they saw that this was going on. Um, they saw that this new bar was going to be. So that is it. They, they really honed into... Linicus, but the, it what was they they were showing the episodes literally like two three weeks later. So as they saw the the building of the bar, they saw us interviewing the staff. I mean, I look back now, I, I, I hand on my heart, I've never seen or watched a full episode. Um, people are like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, oh no, I, cr I, cr I cringe at a lot of it. So. Dwayne's, Dwayne's so man, he's right, I'll teach the staff this dance we do in, um, in all the other linicas. But I said, well, Dwayne, because I'm trying to get me stripes for being the assistant manager. I'm like, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. So Grant looks at me and he's like, this ain't what it's supposed to be about in there. So anyway, I've ended up having to do this Feed the Pigeons dance with all the new staff. And they've put it on the TV programme. <clears throat> so with that, it definitely didn't go down too well with Brandon and the other owners. They're like... No, this is this isn't what we've signed up for here. This isn't. We we we. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're like, we invested in this bar. We're opening this bar. We don't want to like just cheese it off. But it was never the intention to do that in the bar. It was never the intention. Obviously, they wanted content. We wanted to be featured. So we're trying to get publicity from the show. Try and work it for us. And I'm, we're like, we don't really don't want to do this. Feed the pigeons. Things so I've done it. And I look back now, and that was on the first episode where we featured on it. And then after that, I was like, I don't want to watch it again. My mates are watching it in Tenerife. They're phoning me up, Sam, you wanker. I'm like, I don't believe this. I'm absolutely cringing. So from then on, I said, you know what? I never want to watch another episode of it. I've seen the highlights. I've seen the clips. But I've never sat down and watched it. My mum's my phone, like, oh, Sam, I'll see you on TV, crying her eyes out. I'm like, mum, drop me out. <laughs> it's not a good look. So obviously over here, it's a lot cooler and the kids are, it's like, the cool kids out here rather than the kids that are in Iron Apple or Tenerife. And it's a complete different crowd out here. But so it was never the intention to do it. So then what you're saying about getting the music right. So Grant was way ahead, way ahead of me with, with regards to all the music. He'd, he'd come from playing in Tramps, Tenerife. So he, he had all the music. He had all of these funky houses, the electro, um, 
so he had all that and then like we stuck to the guns and I was basically the warm-up DJ played a bit of old school and played a bit of garage and played but played stayed away from the R&B but I was playing a bit of like disco like you Luther Vandross you Michael Jackson's just get the stag and hen parties going um I was still doing a couple of drinking games to start with but it's not still not the avenue they wanted to go down but from when we opened the doors it was a success that bar was a success straight away from the off it was it was busy um and basically then we had this tv show going on so they could see on the thing on the tv show um i think a lot of the girls were coming down for uh, Dwayne's good looks to be honest with you but it was it was the talk of the town and we had a lot of the crowds coming in from southeast london uh bromley Be bexley he thought that way because we had a few of the barmen who working down there? They were they. Ollie Oldie used to do his own parties, and he used to kind of work with Tony Truman as well. So they were all attracting their own crowds. And then we had another crowd in there from from Epping. So you had that crowd in there from Epping all around the M25, all around. <clears throat> they would have all their mates coming in. So you had kind of the cool kids coming in straight away, and it was it was the bar to be in. It def definitely was. A, but we're getting the music right. So Brandon's coming one morning, and uh, right, let me have a word with you. You know what he's like. He said, "Let me have a word with you." We still laugh about it now. He said, "We don't want to see none of that. We don't want any, none of that like crap music. This, this is our beefer." And he, he sat me down, and he, he'd been out all night. Um, so he was looking at me, and I'm looking at him, thinking, "Just shut up, where we are. Just stop. Get, get off my back." I'm trying. What I'm, I'm trying to do is keep the bums on the seats in here and put money in the till. That's what I'm trying to do. Like he's going, "Yeah, the clubbers are going to be." This, I'll tell you what it was. It's right at the end of May. And he's like, yeah, these people, they're IB for people. They're coming here for the music, Sam. They're not coming here for on the mic, on the mic, and this, that. They, 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 you go tell them, you go there. It's different. It's different. And um, But he gave me a big lesson that day of how different IB for is compared to all, like, all your Greek islands, your Tenerife, your Mallorcas, your Magaloos. And he said, it's completely different. He said, I've, I've DJed in all of them, Sam. And he gave me a bit of a lesson. I know I was, I was kind of like, right, swallow me pride. I wanted to take that lesson on, and it it uh, it just sunk into me. Well, hang about, okay, we'll be a little bit different out of him. Um, but yeah, he, he had a guard man. I was looking at him like, oh. But from that, I grew from that, and then I mean, the bar it was, it was, it was just busy from the off. It was uh, pretty much one in, one out every night. In for for years, it just stayed like the busiest town in the thing. And Brandon said, he said, Sam, he said, I know every bar on the island pretty much. He said. This is the best bar in Ibiza. He said, you've got a job DJing in the best bar in Ibiza. And I was like, wow, do you know what? You're actually right. And I said to, I said to Grant, I said, like, reality check. He's, he's saying that. Brandon's, Brandon's saying that. And it was like, yeah, we actually are. So I've, I've kind of had a lot of luck. I've, I've kind of, I mean, so many kids coming out here to DJ would have given their right arm, left arm, both their feet, given their mum away to get that job. And here I was in that job and I was like, wow, it's kind of done done the background bits in the background. I kind of went on a journey and I've, I've ended up in an island where I originally wanted to be after my boy's holiday, that first boy's holiday. I'm in Ibiza, in the busiest, the best bar out here. Like, um, it might not have been everyone's cup of tea, but it was definitely the busiest bar. It was, it was just rammed every night. Um, how's it? How's IB for change, though? I mean, not. I mean, let, let's ignore this year. Like, we'll touch back on that. Obviously, we started with it, but how's IB for change from that from that first summer that Linux has opened to like last summer? Like, what are the changes you've seen in music? What are the changes you've seen in the people coming out there? Like, what are the changes you've seen in in San An? Like, what have you seen in that in that time? 
I think the main thing for me is obviously you got O Beach there. Um, so you, I mean, the main thing for me is that people a lot more go for like the daytime stuff. I mean, obviously this year there is, apart from the bars what are open, there is no nighttime stuff. So I mean, but over the last few years, definitely the daytime stuff. Um, Lineker started to quieten out um, a few years ago, so we're like, right, okay, let, well, let's let's see why is why is it quietening out? There's nothing real different I was doing. I was keeping keeping up to date with the music ahead of the game with the music. I was like playing all the promos, keeping it fresh, still giving them the IB for classics, what they love and sing and dance to. Um, I used to play your remix of um, One More Time and Levels. You've done the, the remixes, didn't you? I was always playing them in there. Um, going back, when, what year did you bring them out? 2010? Oh, fucking no idea, mate. Yeah, about, yeah, it'd, be, yeah it'd be about 10, 11. So like, I think the the Levels one was obviously when Levels was, was massive, like around uh, probably around 2011 or something. And the, I think the One More Time was probably later that year or 2013 or something. Because yeah. I made it, I made that don't, I'd made that One More Time thing for a New Year's Eve. I made it to play it at New Year's Eve at Digital. Yeah. And then it just kind of like, everyone started playing it, went, <laughs> went mental. I remember, I used to play them, because um, I think we were on the same night for Rob Wilder's night in stereo in Hush one night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. In now. Um, so, yeah, the, the main changes I'd be for. So, um, I would say the daytimes, definitely, definitely the daytimes seem a lot busier. So, well, I mean, I said to Dwayne, um, in the second year, 2000, 2009, 2010, I said, we were out on the terrace. I said, what have you noticed? What the changes are, he said, straight away, he said, I've noticed a lot more people now are, I've got wristbands on. He said, so th that tells me they're in an all-inclusive. He said, so people now, if they're going to the clubs, they'll drink a lot more um, rather than come to the bars. So they'll, they'll maybe drink at the hotels, I'd say, rather than having to come to the bar. And the other thing was with the club tickets. So we had a girl going around selling the club tickets. Um, and then it was getting more noticed, people were buying the club tickets online. So everyone knew where they were going. So straight away, uh, right, we're doing Cole Cox on a Tuesday. We're doing, uh, for, I would say, El Davino for Ed Candy on a Saturday. We've got them tickets. We're doing Twice as Nice on a Thursday. We're doing Tiesto. Back then it was, uh, it was doing Privilege on a Monday. Uh, David Greta on a Thursday at Pasha. They, they were so regimental. Right, we've got the tickets. We're already doing it. And I think... <clears throat> Where before people would come to the bar, for argument's sake, a group of lads coming down, right, we'll, we'll go to Lineker's, um, and they don't know where they're going. They, they'll come down, they hang about, we'll chat a couple of birds up, we'll see where, we'll, see where the night leads us, see where they're going for the night. So then, for argument's sake, a group of girls, right, okay, we're going amnesia, or we're going here. And the boys, because they haven't got the tickets, they'll buy the club tickets in the bar, and I think, right, hang about, well, hang about, we can follow the birds down to the club. Come boys, right, yeah, we fancy these ones, we'll go. So, I think by people buying the tickets um, online like that, it takes away that sense of... The need, yeah, it's a need to cut the bar. But also what's really interesting, which you've sort of, I think, unwittingly just highlighted there is you were just naming superstar DJs. Do you know what I mean? So it's like people were going to see Tiesto, they were going to see Guetta, they were going to see... Whereas mm. before, people were going on a night out. Like you say, they were heading out, you went, you got to the bar, you see who you met, and it's like, oh, yeah. do you want to come Amnesia? Do you want to come Pasha? Do you want to come Eden? Whereas before, people, even before they've got on holiday, they're like, what night's Guetta on? Right, we're going there for Guetta. What night's Tiesto on? Yeah. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, look, people come out here 
A hundred percent. It's like Brandon said to me, he said, people are here for the, the music. They're here for the DJs. Like, you know, I know, but people don't go there because so-and-so, so-and-so's playing. You go because it's, it's the fun resort to go to or, or the place for the summer to go to. Um, but out here, it is all about that. I mean, you go to a club, like some of the lineups, it's, it's like people look at it as going to a rock festival or like every night is different. No matter what, whether you've been underground, whether you've been mainstream, that's all, whether you've been to like that, that whole EDM thing, wherever you, your music taste is, you can go on a different night to catch that, you know? So, but yeah, definitely people do come out here for it. But now, see with the daytime things, um, like, so you've got O Beach, um, you've got so many people going down there, you've got them getting the tables. Um, I mean, that isn't a new thing. So when when we opened the, the doors in 2008 for Linekers, um, Dwayne was already talking about making the roof a terrace and putting tables up there. So where I'm from, that, that table thing for me, that's like, this. what's this table thing? I, I didn't get the whole table thing. I'm not from that background. Obviously, where we'd come from, Marbella, it was all like tables, tables, and <clears throat> I think plastic, they had a couple of tables in there, but it wasn't a real big thing. Um, since I've been out here, obviously, Ashwire's opened. So you got that, like, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely people come, but people like getting the tables. When I say yeah, hen parties coming into Oak Beach, people who would never usually get a VIP table, and it's for one day, they can feel like a VIP. Does that make sense? And yeah. I, I, when I'm standing there, I see them coming in, and they're getting there, and they're like the hens. <clears throat> it's a few years ago, because um, people say, oh, I don't like the tables. I'm not about that. I'm more IBF, and don't have to have tables. And then I looked at it. It's a different way. I mean, I'm, I'm not into tables at all. If my friends have got one, I'll get one, but it's not something I would necessarily go and do. Um, but it's nice to see these people, people who wouldn't ever do, ever do that. And it might be one time they think, do you know what? The girls are dressed up to the nines and they've got their table and they feel the bees knees. They come in there and they've, they've got a day of being in a VIP area where you never know who's going to be in the VIP area of Oak Beach. You, you don't know, do you know what I mean? And it, it's... What's, what's going to happen next time thing. So is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I, I don't know. I, I think, think, the, social, I think the social media plays a, has played an aspect to that. I mean, I've played O Beach, played last summer, and it's like, the thing is, like, you know, when you were going to those sweaty evolution, like sanctuary type raves, you know what I mean? It's like, and I grew up in that era. It's like, basically, everyone's in the same fucking big, horrible sweat pit together. It's fucking great. Yeah. The music's dumping. It's dark. It's loud. The lasers are going. It's great, right? But no one had a phone then. No one had an Instagram. No one had a photograph. No one yeah. really wants to take, especially not girls, and even in this day and age, boys, but no girl wants to take a picture of herself with her makeup halfway down her face, a fucking sweaty... Yeah. She wants to take a picture with a bottle of champagne, with looking as good as she can, yeah. with an amazing background. And that's what places like O Beach supply. You know what I mean? It, it helps yeah. feed into that social media. I'm, and I'm not knocking that, by the way. I'm just saying I think it is. Yeah. that's one thing that's helped change it. You're bang on right there. I mean, so when we first got out of here, um, we would go Bora Bora on a Sunday. We would maybe go check next door, have a quick washing up, stash a bag of toiletries or whatever, a bit of deodorant, but a bit splash more with the brute on, um, brush down with the sand and then go over to space, be in space for seven o'clock for the sunset series. Um, go listen to Jason Byer and John Ulysses and all them type of boys and... Um, and that, that the Sunday on the sunset terrace just just raw. It was just like you you you've been there yourself. It, it was it was no like the lights on or anything like yeah, that. No it was, yeah. I mean, I didn't get the original 
old terrace. That's that's before my time. Um, so I got the Sunset Terrace, and I used to love it on there. I used to love it in there. I absolutely love it in there. Um, that's probably one of my favourite things, the Sunset Terrace. Um, was that for We Love? Was that was that was that the We, we love. love? Yeah. That's, yeah. So um, so yeah, with that, it's it's the girls were dressed up. The girls were they're stunning in there. Um, definitely. But like you say, there was no there was no camera phones. People had cameras. Um, I mean, but you didn't have. But, but you didn't have. But even with cameras, mate, you didn't have that instant ability to just take a picture just take and put it straight onto on Instagram. Yeah. And, I mean, that's interesting. But massively, I mean, I was, I was, I was having a laugh with the boys uh, the other day. I was like, here we go, it's some Instagram bird, and she was like, getting a take. My mate must have taken about 10, 15 photos of her. She's like, right now this way, now that way, now this way, now that. I'm like. Drop me out, girl. What are you doing? But that is the way that it is now. It is the funny thing is though, mate. You laugh. She probably has like a hundred thousand followers and gets paid a hundred pounds. You know what I mean? Probably gets paid a fortune for each. Oh, no, <laughs> we're the mugs, mate. We're the mugs. I'm like, but it's changed in that response. In respect, there, it's changed massively. I mean, it's not just the girls. It's the boys standing there posing. Oh, oh, get, get their mums out, bro. Like, it's it, it, it's. It is very flashy, but, but I think you've always said that them type of people were here, but it's because the social media, like you say, it's evolved. And um, like when people are on the dance floor now, they're, they're ju they've just got their live thing and they're just filming themselves like selfie and like, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? It goes a bit over my head to be honest with you. Um, it's a, it's a definitely a generational thing in there, isn't there? But so, yeah, so, so you've seen. So, have you, are you, have to move on. so, so last summer, like, like I say, we'll we'll move into like what's going on at the minute again, like before we finish. Yep. But like last summer, what what did your summer look like? Are you in Old Beach? Are you in Linickers? Where else are you playing? Like, like again, last summer, not this summer. What were you doing? What was Sam Dungate doing last summer? I was in Old Beach, um, and I was down at Linickers. Uh, doing a few club classic things in Ithaca. Um, and that basically basically was it. Years ago, I used to do um, a few nights out here, but they're, they're long gone. Um, like you say, yeah, Hush is, yeah. I mean, O Beach now, from when we first started, I think we, me and Grant started residence in there as the second year. I mean, to see that place progress the way it has done, it's it's absolutely amazing. What, what the owners have done um, and what, um, Gemma Charters in, in in the office. She she's in control of like all the promotions and all the shows in there. I mean, each year when we do play the opening party, me and Grant will play the opening party, and I mean we don't even know what the shows are going to be. We don't know. So last year was a big inflatable bus with Freddie Mercury on the top, and the Queen comes out of a taxi like an old London taxi, and it's like we we don't even know. We don't even know what we don't see the rehearsals. We don't see anything. It's like each year they keep evolving. So you go into Old Beach. And they've, that, that new, that's the new area. Like this year, to the right of the DJ box, as we look out, there's a massive new bar there. Um, so as you first walk into the left-hand side, there was a little bar. Well, that's huge now. Obviously, they can't use it at the moment, at the moment, because of all the not allowed to stand up and get a drink. You have to be seated. Um, but every year, the, the, the lighting effects have got better. The sound sounds better. It's just every, year after year after year. Um, everything's getting better in there. So it, it, it is a truly amazing place. Like, my mate come over on holiday who uh, I used to do the beach party with out in Ayanapa. Um, and it was about five years ago. So it wasn't packed out nowhere near as it was 
um, maybe six years ago. And I don't even think the other promotions had started. I don't think history had started. I don't think ministry had started. Maybe they were just starting. And my mate Johnny Boy was like, um, right, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing to come down now. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, look, he said, I said, come down. I said, you'll have a great day. I said, but it's a lot of tables. I said, it's, I don't think it'd be a bit of you, Johnny Boy. I said, I, I, I don't think, because he's, he's, he's the same. He's not like someone I'd get a table with. Um, he's one of my best mates. I said, you will have a brilliant time in there. I said, it's a lot of tables. Anyway, he turned around, he said, Sam, he said, this place is amazing. He said, if you want to dance, you can dance. He said, later on, it's dark. He said, in the daytime, look, the dance floor pumping. He said, and like, he's a bit of a social butterfly, Felix. He would go around from bed from bed to bed to bed. He said, if you want to chat up a girl, he said, you could go around and you could chat to girls. If you want to chat and have a beer with the boys, you could chat with the beer with the boys. It's not too loud. You can go over there. You can stand there and see what, what VIP or what celebrity or what sports personality might walk past you. He said, this place, he said, you want to you get too hot. You just jump in the swimming pool. He said, "It's a, it, the place is amazing, but definitely year after year after year, it's, it's just got better and better and better. Um, what, so, like, um, when you, do you spend the summers in Tenerife? Like, because I've obviously seen you over this this winter. Sorry, no, sorry, not the summers, the winters. Because do you, have you sort of, when did you get into that cycle of spending the winters in, uh, is it Tenerife you're in this summer? No, 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 no. So, um, sorry, winter. I I've keep been, saying summer. I mean winter. Sorry, I mean winter because I I, yeah. I saw your stuff over the winter. What happened in lockdown was <laughs> I went over there for St Patrick's Day. Right. Me and my girlfriend we went out there on the Friday night. Went out the Friday. Went and saw all my old mates. Saturday night went and had dinner with my old boss uh, down at Lava. Um, and then he got a phone call. Uh, right, it looks like we're going into lockdown. So the Sunday is on lockdown. We're like, well. This isn't being much of a holiday, is it? So we're now in lockdown. We're in an all-inclusive hotel. My mate's phoning me up, Sam, you need to get back. You need to get back. I'm like, why? I'm not, I'm not coming home. I said, I've got, I've got me hotel. I said, I've got me bed. I said, I've got me food, got me drink. I said, no, I'm not coming home yet. I said, like, no. So anyway, we we ended up, um, we only originally thought there was going to be a two-week lockdown. And then England would lock down for two weeks. So we're thinking, right, this thing's going to come and pass. It's going to be quick. So anyway, um, my girlfriend was supposed to come out that weekend. Something happened, so it, it was decided she, it was it was not worth coming back. Um, so we said, "Well, we'll do lockdown here. It's only going to be two weeks." So we went into lockdown straight away. We got flights <clears throat> for the two weeks after. We got flights straight away. They cancelled. So we then we had to get other flights, um, and then it just unfolded as it was just getting oh, the flights were getting cancelled and cancelled and cancelled. Luckily. I had a friend out there. He said, look, Sam, go use this place. He said, so we were in lockdown. It, we, it was, it was, we made something good out of something bad, if that makes I was sense. Watching you, I was watching <laughs> you and your missus doing those exercise videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? They were just for fun. We, we had such a laugh. We was like, right, so we'll, we'll treat this as band, like, not band camp, uh, boot camp. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we said, come on, we'll have a laugh. So, we, we ended up making a few fun videos, yeah, so about the, with the workout. So, so I got uh, that totally wrong then. Do, do you normally spend the winters in the UK? Yes, yeah, so I've been in right. the UK, yeah, most winters now for the UK. So I haven't done um, – the first – when I was in Iron Napa, I would go and cover the DJ over in Tenerife when they wanted to go on away on holiday. They'd done the summer season. I'd go do two weeks there, maybe pop over to Marbella, Port Venus, cover the DJ in – the Port Benoist Linekers, give them a bit of a holiday. Um, 
But yeah, I don't I don't do the winters abroad. I mean, right. really, I've got it the wrong way around. Being a roofer, I should be away for the uh, <laughs> away for the bad away for the bad weather and then be on the roofs in the summer. But fortunately, I beef I don't work like that. Uh, cool, man. Well, let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna start to wrap it up. And there's two things that we do okay. to wrap the podcast up. The first one is, um, well, first of all, before we start, anyone who wants to find out more about you, uh, more about like where you're playing, like just link me to like your socials. Just link me. Just what people can Google. How can people find more out about Sam, Sam Dungate? Um, I'm my Instagram. Um, all the posts there. Um, my Facebook. I've got I've got a DJ put Facebook. Um, and I've got, oh, I've got a Twitter account. I've got the SoundCloud. Add me on Sam Dungate SoundCloud. There's, there's a couple of new remixes, uh, new mixes on there. I've done a bit more of an underground one when I played on John Ulysses' night. That's, nice. that's uploaded February. Um, so just Google, one, Google, done, Google Sam Dungate and you're going to find you on Insta and all that kind of stuff. SoundCloud to come up. Me, me Instagram, I dare say, will come up. Me Facebook will come up. Cool, right. Well, next one it is, I want to do like, at the end, I ask every guest to like create um, like a sort of a dream gig for them. So basically, you can play on it or you can or you can not, but most people do. Um, first of all, I want, a, I want a venue from you. So it might be somewhere you've played in the past. It might be somewhere you've never played, or it might just be a generic thing like a festival or a little underground room. But the first thing I want from you is like a venue where this, this gig, this party is going to take place. And then I want three acts that are going to be on the lineup there's not so much like a headline ever it's just three acts so you can play if you want you can go back to back you can you can curate back to backs you can have yeah bands you can have live acts like daft punk or the chems but i basically and obviously it's just it's just in this moment right now obviously it might be a little bit affected by the current lockdown situation as well yeah. or not but just if you could have a dream gig today or tonight where's it going to be and who's playing so sam dungate where are we going to have this this dream gig Wow. Um, do you know what? <clears throat> I mean, wow. My my thing to play was was in space. I've done that at the Sunset Terrace. That that was on my my list of things to do when I first got out here. Um, I ended up playing on there with John Ulysses actually, but that that's been and gone. I think the next one I'd want to play on, where I haven't played, would probably a Amnesia Terrace. Um. I think that's that's the one where I'd want to play most the next. Um, I'd definitely be back to back with my boy Grant Collins. He, nice. he would but I'd be, be taking Grant with me. Nice. Um, 100%. Um, I would have uh, Cole Cox on the lineup. Steve Solid. Lawler. Nice. Um, I'd go. I'd go down that avenue. Um, yeah, I, th I think that another hundred percent. Hundred percent. After she made the debut in the uh, DJ box last year, I had my mum in the DJ box with me. Cause she, <laughs> yes. she loved her. She's nice, years old, fifth bump in, and she, she absolutely loved it. And I, I'd have to take my mum to it with me in the DJ box, 100%. Nice, mate. She, you're well, coming along with me, mum. <laughs> what a gig that sounds like. I saw that video actually. Right. And then this is how we're going to end it. You are going yeah. to, um, you're going to name a track. It can be any track you want. It can be new. It can be old. It can be something that really means something to you. It can just be something that puts a smile on your face. But just basically for anyone who's been listening along with us for the last hour or so, they've just heard your story from, you know, from, from Clacton to Iron Apper to Ibiza, Lineker's, O Beach, all of that. I just want a song that kind of like, you know, just means something to you, maybe, but just something that's going to like people who listen to this are just going to hear it as it plays out. 
introduce the record. I'll stick it in in post and explain why you think you'd like people to hear that track right now as the last thing on this podcast. Uh, straight away. Uh, it's definitely Lost in Music. Cool. Lost in Music, Demetria Paris remix. Amazing. And why? Uh, I love the, I mean, the intro of the uh, Demetria Paris one, it just does it for me straight away. Um, It's just such a feel-good track. I I absolutely love the track. Um, Funny enough, when I used to live with my mates in England, if my mate wanted to get get me out of bed and he'd be down in the lounge and he wanted me to get, he just used to stick it on like, uh, Siri, play Lost in Music, whack it up full blast and that'd be me out of bed straight down there. Um, I remember... Paul Reynolds, he played it on the class. Went to leave uh, on the space closing party. I come out the uh, main room, walked in onto the Sunset Terrace, and I was literally, right, that's it. It's about half nine in the morning. Um, I'd got in there about eight o'clock at night. Half nine in the morning, I'm about to leave, and Paul Reynolds was playing it. I was like, I will stay again. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's got a memory for me for there for seeing out the... Um, space clo- the last space closing party on the on the Sunset Terrace what was my favourite room in there. Um, the place was going off. Um, I loved the track before then. I love playing it, um, and I hope your listeners are now going to love hearing it. Mate, what an amazing chat. Thank you so much. I hope I might have seen you this summer, but it's not looking fucking very likely. So I will very much hope to catch you next summer. Um, thank you so much for the chat, mate. All the best for this summer, and I'll catch you again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Felix, and um, stay safe and all that. And then hopefully, maybe I'll take a trip up north and come see you. Uh, are you still at Digital, are you? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Get up yeah. in the winter. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll come up to see you when all this passes. Cheers, mate. Bye. Brilliant, Felix. Thank you. Felix Lighters in the house. The podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Music